1: Lunar Lover, the podcast, acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Araqual people of the Bundjalung Nation, and pays respects to elders past, present, and emerging. I'm your host Jordana Levine and this week is one of those odd in-between weeks that sometimes happen on this podcast where there's no significant moon, there's no change of season and I just have to come up with something to talk to you guys about. So (laughs) I did put a call out on Instagram and a few people recommended this topic and at first I was a bit resistant um, but... I actually think it's going to be really helpful and in lots of different ways. So today we're going to talk about astrology and kids, right? And I mean that in the sense of parenting. And I guess first off the bat, I was like, I don't know whether it's a good idea to talk to people about parenting when you yourself are not a parent, Jord. Um, So I won't be telling you exactly how to parent your children, but I... What I am going to do with this episode is talk about what it means to nurture parts of your child's natal chart so that they can really blossom into those signs. All right. The other thing I want you to think about is if very much like me, you don't have children, all of this stuff applies to you as an adult as well. All right. Even the nurturing of your inner child, because that inner child is still deep within you. And I think as we go through the episode and we move through each of the 12 signs, what you're going to realize is that the descriptions that I'm giving are probably very descriptive of what you were like as a child. And you'll be able to see whether your parents nurtured that in you, whether they were aware of it or not. Or perhaps they didn't allow you to express this side of yourself, right? And that's playing out as an adult now. Wow, this is so much deeper than I expected it to be. Whoops. Anyway, let's go forward. Hopefully, you guys will find this helpful. And like I said, if you haven't got kids, I think you're still going to resonate with this episode. So look, I think the best place to start is having a look at your child's sun, moon and rising. Now, of course, this is going to extend out to the personal planets too, um, but just for uh, this episode, just really think about their sun sign in terms of their identity and their life force energy. Think of their moon sign as their emotional self. They might not know how to regulate this side of themselves yet, especially if they're really little, right? So you can help guide them and help regulate their moon. Um, and then what's the last one? Their rising sign, of course, is how they're sort of expressing themselves out in the world and likely how other people see them. Now we tend to grow into our rising sign. I don't really know what that means because my son and my rising are the same, but, but perhaps you noticed over time, if your son and your rising are different, that you began to grow into the qualities of your rising sign. So keep that in mind for your children. Um, The other thing I kind of want to comment on before we dive in is I believe that our children are karmic lessons for us, right? So you parenting your little Aries or you parenting a Virgo as a Piscean or parenting a Gemini as a Capricorn, there's going to be lessons in that for you. So really keep that in mind when I'm describing, I guess, the qualities and the way of nurturing certain signs within your children, how that makes shifts within you and how that makes shifts within you and how you might need to evolve or grow or shift in different ways in order to hold that space. Very layered. (laughs) I also want to say um, it's not on my website, but if you do want to have a chart read for your child, obviously not to them, they're not in the reading with you. But if you want to sort of talk about your, your child's natal chart and then how you as a parent could um, help them evolve into it. I do offer that. All you'll need to do is book in a transits and progressions reading and then just let me know in the question section that you actually want a reading for the kids. Yeah, it's a nice short reading. It's like half an hour and um, we can tailor it to them. All right. So my loves. Oh, and also, sorry, what you're going to need to do if you if you do take that option is give me your child's birth details. So time of birth, location of birth, date of birth, and then, of course, for you as well. All right, my loves, let's dive in. So we're going to start with Aries children. Oh, the little Aries. It's funny because Aries as a sign is the child, right? It's very... They say immature, but I don't like that word. But it's the true sense of the word, which means it has not matured. Yeah, there's a juvenile nature to it because it is it is the first sign, right? It's new to the world. So keep that in mind with your Aries child. They are living out their sign as they progress through their childhood, as they learn things. It's very reflective of Aries energy. What's really important for all the fire signs, but especially Aries, is allowing them to express things like frustration and anger, um, overwhelm, all those sorts of things that because kids can't naturally regulate so young, it's something that we sort of have to guide them through. It's really important that they're not getting in trouble for expressing their anger or expressing their frustration. And really finding a way, and of course everyone has their own parenting style, to allow that to be expressed and perhaps teach them healthy ways to express their anger and learn to process it. The other thing that's really important for Aries, but again also for the fire signs, is keeping them active. They're going to have a lot of energy. And uh, through action, through movement, is also a really good way to burn off some of those uh, impulsive emotions that might come out of them the other thing I think would be really helpful with Aries children is teaching them how to sit with their thoughts before they speak yeah I think if you know any Aries adults um, what they love to do is uh speak before they think, which is fine. I mean, I think that there's something good in that as an air sign who ruminates on everything. I would like to just speak a little bit more often than being stuck in my thoughts. Um, But teaching an Aries child that they don't have to react, that they can take a minute and really think about it and then respond is really, really helpful. Um, Aries are the leaders and they're initiators. They're very adventurous as well. Their aim is courage, right? So you might have a little Aries daredevil on your hands. And again, I'm not a parent, so I imagine it must be really nerve-wracking when they want to. It must be really nerve-wracking when they want to jump off the roof. Um, and while I don't encourage them to jump off the roof, perhaps there are things they want to do that gets them out of their comfort zone. And I think what's really important is that whatever your fears or your insecurities are, are not being reflected onto the Aries child. Yeah, they need to be able to learn risk assessment themselves within reason, of course, and within their age. But just something to keep in mind, yeah, getting themselves outside of their comfort zone is part of their evolution and their growth. All right. Taurus, my little stubborn Taurian children, (laughs) I love you. When they ask for quiet time, let them have it. Yeah, the aim of Taurus is simplicity and silence. So if they naturally want to um, create that for themselves, it's really important that you let them. They will most likely be quite stubborn and that's okay, right? Being stubborn is okay. It's setting boundaries. We should all know how to do that. Um, But teach them about change and that change is nothing to fear. And sometimes change can be uncomfortable. One of Taurus's, I guess, shadow qualities is this immovability, right? Once they find their little spot of comfort, they're not like Aries. They don't want to jump out of it. They want to stay there forever because Taurus really is trying to find security. That's all they want, right? They want to feel safe and they want to feel secure. So allowing them within reason the things that bring them that feeling of safety and security, but also teaching them that change is inevitable and sometimes we can't just sit in our comfort zone the whole time. One of the ways I see this play out with young Taurus kids is, um, you know, if they have a blankie that they like to take everywhere or a toy they refuse to leave behind be mindful that if you want to take it away from them, and I know that maybe they get to an age where you're like, oh, God, I don't think you should be taking the blankie to school. Um, but, you know, for whatever, for whatever reason it is, that if you want to take it away, you'll have to give them other means to feel safe and secure. All right? So if I remove this possession from you, and Taurus is all about the possession of material things if I remove this from you what can I do to make sure you're feeling safe and secure now if it's their Taurus moon it's emotional safety and security they're looking for and look I've got to say sun and rising it's probably emotional safety and security as well right but it might come through the tangible things the material things in their life The other thing with Taurus children, you know, Taurus is all about pleasure and sensuality, the five senses. So really using the five senses when it comes to teaching them about the world, about nature, about cooking, about, you know, whatever it might be. Um, What can you smell? What can you hear? What can you taste? What can you see? What does this feel like? Yeah, that stuff's going to ignite Taurus energy within them and also I think when it comes to pleasure like really um, exploring what pleasure looks like for them yeah and then as they get older I mean that's a whole other conversation the conversation of pleasure which I personally think should be taught in school along with consent Um, but looking at building relationships through the pleasure centers right? And I'm not just talking about sex, but the pleasure of somebody's company or the pleasure of this particular food or the pleasure of this particular material possession. All right, next one is Gemini. These are the kids that are always asking, yeah, but why? But why? Yeah, but why? (laughs) Uh, As a former Gemini child, I can attest to this for sure. The trick with Gemini children is let them be curious because they are going to be curious. And if you get bored of their questions and you shut down their curiosity, it's going to make for a very stunted Gemini, right? So encourage them to ask questions. When they do ask questions, you might not know the answer, but that's okay. You can say, I don't know the answer. Let's go find out. I think the getting irritated with the barrage of questions can be quite damaging to a Gemini child. I know, God bless my mother, she was so good when I used to just throw ridiculous, unanswerable questions at her. She used to very much entertain it. I think that without tooting my own trumpet, I think I've evolved into Gemini in quite a high vibrational way. I mean, I do have some low vibrational Gemini qualities, that is for sure. But I really try and live to my highest expression of Gemini. And I think that has a lot to do with how my mum really allowed me to be that five placement Gemini child. So in that vein, they might need information in order to feel safe Right? So while Taurus wants their blankie and Aries doesn't really care about safety, it's just jumping off all the furniture. (laughs) Gemini feels safe when it understands, yeah, when it has all of the information. So again, there might be a barrage of questions that they need answered before they're ready to try something new or go to school on their first day or whatever it might be. All right. Uh, My little Cancerian children. They want to feel emotionally secure more than anything, right? The water signs, all of them, so Pisces, Cancer, and Scorpio, this is where all the emotions come in, especially when they're little um, and they're trying to learn how to regulate their emotions. Um, Cancer emotions are big. Sometimes they're on the surface making them highly, 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 highly sensitive, Sometimes, and this will depend on early childhood, but they might be locked up in their shell, yeah, and are scared to express their feelings. But just knowing that any water sign child you have, whether it's sun, moon, or rising, they're going to be very, very sensitive. And if they don't show that sensitivity, it doesn't mean they're not feeling that sensitivity, yeah. More than anything, Cancer wants to feel like they belong. So thinking about that in the context of your family and your home, but also perhaps thinking about it in the context of the friends they're making, the social circles, whether they feel like they belong at school or in a certain culture or in a certain membership or group or sports team or whatever it might be. All right. That's a big thing for cancer. Uh, Pets are great for cancer children because, you know, they want to nurture and look after things. Yeah. So, and they're going to be like that their entire life. So a pet's a really nice way for them to express that when they're really young, but also teaching Cancerians about what it means to receive love and care and nurture, right? Because they're always giving it to other people. It's really important that they're getting it in return. Leos, my little Leos. Love you guys. You must let little Leo lions celebrate themselves. They're likely quite loud, perhaps extroverted. Again, this is going to depend on the rest of their natal chart. But if they want to do a performance for you, no matter how cringy it is, let them express themselves. It's really, really important. Yeah, creative self-expression is how Leos connect. If you can, refrain from criticizing their need for attention. Um And I know like in moments of frustration when you're trying to get something done and the kids are like, let me put on a one-act play for you. (laughs) You might be like, not now. Or why do you need so much attention? Whatever it might be, but just know it's the way that Leo expresses themselves. The other thing is, you know, teaching them gently that their reaction to themselves should always outweigh external applause, right? And by that, I mean, teaching them about internal validation, teaching them that we might not always get applause from other people, but that doesn't mean we haven't done well or we haven't succeeded. Right? Stuff that we as adults need to learn too, but imagine if that was nurtured in childhood. Virgo. Oh, little Virgos. Let them help. Yeah? If they want to help, let them help. Feeling useful makes them feel good. So if they want to help with dinner, give them a task that's not going to get in your way, but will make them feel useful. They love it. Let them have routine if that's what they crave. But just watch out for perfectionist tendencies that might come with their routine, right? Again, I'm going to use myself as an example just because I knew myself as a kid. (laughs) I have a Virgo moon. And I always, even as an adult, but as a kid, I always wanted to be at school at least, at least half an hour earlier than school started because I liked my routine of being settled, putting my bag in my locker, perhaps chatting to a few friends, knowing where everything was before school started. Yeah, I couldn't handle arriving five minutes before and rushing around and not having time to get my bearings And that was a way that I regulated my nervous system, looking back on it now as an adult. Um, And Mum jokes about it and she's like, it used to drive me crazy, (laughs) you know, but it was the way I felt secure. It made me feel secure. As I got older, as I became a teenager, I became a little bit OCD with certain things, which is something that can happen with Virgo. So just keeping an eye on that but really you know like not condemning them for needing things a certain way but at the same time also teaching them that sometimes chaos is just as rewarding right we don't have to freak out when things don't go to plan it's also really important with Virgo children that you that you as the parent and as the adult is very conscious of how you talk about health and your body around your little Virgo if they hear you criticizing yourself that gives them the permission to do the same and they will yeah self-criticism if there's any Virgos listening you know that self-criticism is one of the most challenging things about Virgo so really being conscious of the way you criticize yourself in front of them but also maybe even other people right like sometimes we can just sort of talk and I'm a Gemini I love some gossip Um, But just being conscious that their little ears are picking up on everything and it's going straight into their subconscious. Then we've got Librans. Librans want to keep the peace, yeah? What they'll often do, especially if they have siblings, is they'll fall into the role of mediator. Now, it usually happens with siblings as they get older, probably with friends. But if you're in a partnership... As parents who are fighting all the time, a Libran child will want to take on the responsibility of keeping the peace, right, at home. So just being very, very conscious of that. When they're of an age, teach them the difference between compromise and people-pleasing, <laughs> all right? We all, I'm sure there's some Librans listening that are like, "Oh yeah, I am such a people pleaser." Uh yeah, I think it's really important that we start teaching kids that quite early that people will still like us if we don't bend to their every whim. Um so boundaries, I guess is also an important lesson here. Indecisiveness runs rife in Libras in general, but especially Libran children. So look, this is about patience on your um, side of things. Instead of getting frustrated, help them with their decision-making skills. And it's not about hurrying the decision up, but teaching them different ways that they can come to a decision about things because they'll want to keep weighing up the pros and the cons and all the rest of it. The other thing I think is quite important with Libra, you know, Libra is about fairness and justice and balance. Um, I'm sure they do this in most schools. I know the local school here has like an ethics class in year two where they teach them about ethics and morals um, and fairness. So perhaps that's something that they do at your child's school or something you want to do at home. But I think Librans are very open to it. Yeah. And it will help with their growth as they age. Scorpio children they're our little witches we need to listen to the Scorpio children of this world the first piece of advice I always give parents of Scorpio children is let them have their secrets and their privacy and I know that's probably terrifying Um, and maybe this becomes more prominent as they get older but I think even as little kids Scorpios are very 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 private right Secrets does not mean lying. Most Scorpios in their highest expression, I should say, are all about honesty and truth, right? So they're likely not lying to you, but they might be keeping things from you. Now, I, again, I'm not going to tell you how to parent because I'm sure as teenagers, there's some things you need to know, but if it's an insignificant thing, or perhaps they have a lock on their diary or whatever it might be, just let them have their little things that they like for themselves, especially when it comes to siblings, they might not want to share everything. And, you know, we're always taught that sharing is caring. (laughs) It's really important that we share our things. And of course, they are very important lessons. But if they want to have some things that are theirs, let them. The more you try and get their secrets out of them, the deeper they'll bury those secrets. (laughs) All right. So that's the first thing with Scorpios. The second thing is Scorpio kids are very psychic, like very, very, very psychic. Try to nurture this within them. All right. I think we're all psychic and very intuitive, but The water signs are definitely more finely tuned into things and I think we start to uh, have to deal with life and we move away from it as we get older and older. And I think if we can nurture it in the Scorpio children at least um, and that it's a good thing and that it's nothing to be ashamed of or anything to be scared of, you know, just let them have their predictions. You don't even have to tell them what it is, but just listen to them. When they have a feeling about something, yeah? Or they think something's going to happen. Listen. Scorpio's feelings run very deep, um, of course, because it's a water sign, but probably are not as visible as Cancer and Pisces children, all right? Pisces are super sensitive. We're going to talk about them when we get their Cancer. You're probably going to see their feelings a lot more. Scorpio children are still feeling it right feeling it feeling it feeling it might not show you I think about Scorpio adults that I know and I know a lot of them because I love Scorpios um, but not all of them if some of them are listening but some of the Scorpio adults I know are not very emotionally available they don't know how to express their emotions and that makes me sad because I know they're feeling it very 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 deeply And because they put on such a front, I and others can forget that they're so sensitive, right? So if we can nurture that when they're little and teach them that it's okay to express emotion, how do you feel? Do you want to talk about it? If you want to cry, let's cry. You know, all those beautiful parenting things. um, Very important with Scorpios. They're also, again, like all the water signs, highly affected by other people's energy, right? So if they want to play alone or, you know, I don't know, maybe they don't want to be in a team sport, perhaps get them interested in other types of activities or maybe like tennis or one-on-one kind of things. They're just not good in big, big groups. So, you know, even I think about little water children going to school, right? They're like little sponges, right? And they're picking up on all the emotions and all of the energy of all the kids and the teachers. And then they come home and they're probably exhausted, right? Maybe they're crying or maybe they're angry or maybe they're, you know, just dealing with emotions. It's likely everyone else's emotions that they picked up. All right. So, you know, uh, perhaps teaching them a few breathing exercises in order to clear the energy, perhaps letting them go for a run, or if they're tired, letting them relax, you know, just keeping that in mind. But if they do want to be alone, Scorpios love to be alone, let them. Let them have their alone time. And also, if they are part of a group of siblings, give them one-on-one time, right? They probably don't want to do everything in a group all the time. Little Sagittarius children. These guys are the little experiential learners. So cute. You might have to help them with certain things at school um, unless they go to a Steiner school or something. But, you know, like traditional schooling, it's probably not set up for Saggies. It's not set up for a lot of signs, actually. But Sagittarius children, they need to experience what they're trying to learn in order to understand it. Yeah. So... For this reason, perhaps there's something they don't understand at school. Can you create an experiential scenario that illustrates the learning? God, I don't know what it is. Good luck to you. (laughs) But whatever it is, they might be able to learn it better that way if they're experiencing it, right? So if they're learning about the Roman Empire, take them to Rome, goddammit. No. Well, I mean, that would be good, but. Try try to give them the experience of what it is they need to understand. And for this very reason, introduce them to new experiences often. They'll love this, right? They love to learn. They love to understand. But immerse them in the experience. Another thing for Sag, and I guess also for Scorpio, never ever lie to them, right? Sagittarius is the sign of the truth teller. And if they find out you've lied, they're instantly going to lose trust and respect for you. Yeah. So (laughs) keep this in mind, right? I know white lies, I imagine. I mean, look, I have been a step-parent, so I do understand children. Um, But lying to children, sometimes white lies is the way out of certain scenarios. And I totally get that. But just keep in mind If a Sagittarius child or a Scorpio child, for that matter, finds out you've lied to them, it hits them deep in the core, right? Where a Gemini child is probably a bit of a storyteller themselves, loves a porky. I know I did when I was a kid, Uh, probably wouldn't bother them as much. They'd be like, oh yeah, I get that. (laughs) But not Saggy, they're the truth tellers. The last thing I want to say about Sagittarius is they love freedom, right so give them a sense of freedom where you can keeping in mind they're not great with rules (laughs) but we all know rules are important uh but just perhaps thinking of different ways to have rules in place that don't compromise their need to feel free all right then we have our Capricorn kids Capricorns, they tend to be quite reserved and quiet. They really like solving problems on their own. So giving them the space to do that. Uh, They also really enjoy solitude. So again, these might be kids that just want some time alone in their room. Um, Don't pry into their every thought and feeling. Capricorn does struggle a little bit with emotion, not that they can't feel emotion, but they need to understand the emotion, right? So there is room with Capricorn children to help them understand their feelings. I think that could be really beneficial for them as they grow up, Uh, like really taking the time because it's not a natural innate part of them to feel or to express their feelings so if you can sort of help them with that a little bit when they're little that would be really really helpful they might need help um socializing with a good crowd of kids when they're little as well um you know Capricorn's all about commitment right so they're likely the people that have been friends with their childhood friends their entire life um they really sort of hang on to yeah, friends for life or they end up sort of marrying their childhood sweetheart. That's kind of how Capricorns work a lot of the time. So just really, you know, without micromanaging all of that, but just helping them choose the right crowds when they're little. They're also likely to be quite cautious. Um, So unlike the fire children that are leaping off the couch... They might need some help taking a few risks, yeah? Getting them, again, outside their comfort zone could be really, really helpful for Capricorns. Um, They also love tradition, right? So perhaps there's traditions around Christmas or religious traditions or, you know, family dinner traditions, whatever it might be, Capricorn children love that. So let them be a part of tradition, Then we've got our Aquarius kids. I mean, first and foremost, celebrate their quirkiness. Yeah, let them have their uh, eccentricities and their originality. If they want to stand out and look different and dress differently, let them. Yeah, don't tell them they look silly or it's stupid or, you know, they can't dress that way. Let them wear the Elsa costume to the grocery store. They'll love you for it in the long run. They also love freedom of thought and action, right? So if they think differently about something to you, let them explain why rather than shutting it down. Yeah, let them have their innovative, genius-like ideas. If you try and tame an Aquarius child, I guarantee they will rebel, all right? So let them be themselves. Let them be unique. Let them think the way they want to think, right? Let them let them have freedom of action where possible. They usually f- thrive in community and around friends, but they'll still want to be an individual within that community. So let them do that. Like all the air sign kids, they're pretty smart. <laughs> they'll probably say things to you and you're like, um, excuse me, what? <laughs> where did you come up with that? They are, Aquarius are the little geniuses right so nurture that nurture their genius expression again it doesn't necessarily come from being academically smart but rather from not being afraid to have new ideas Aquarius is not great with authority so that is also something to keep in mind because of course as the parent you are the authority figure sometimes it might be easier to talk to them like you guys are on the same level yeah, especially as they get older, as they're teenagers, kind of talking to them like a peer. But even when they're kids, like just kind of talk to them. I mean, within reason, again, it depends on your own child. But talk to them like they're a peer rather than you're the adult and they're the child. And then lastly, we have a little sensitive Piscean children. We must protect them at all costs. <laughs> they're creative, they're empathetic, they're profoundly intuitive so much like the Scorpio children we're nurturing their psychic tendencies with Pisces we're nurturing that intuition teach them how to listen to their intuition they have very rich imaginations don't take that away from them I think that's beautiful and will serve them for sure let them have their fantasy world as long as they know how to return to reality So, Pisces children, look, they might be the ones with imaginary friends. And I actually think that's okay because I believe an imaginary friend is just our subconscious, right? So, that's okay. That's something for them to explore. But there is a fine line with bringing them out of fantasy and having to exist in the real world as well. And that's going to serve them as they get older. Like I keep mentioning, Pisces, of course, is a water sign. So, they're super, super sensitive souls. They can get confused by their own strong emotions. So really helping with that regulation when they're little, Um, never telling a water child that it's not okay to cry. I think that's very, 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 very important. Um, Also teaching Pisces children about personal boundaries, yeah, from a young age is great. So I mean that in every sense, like physical, emotional, energetic boundaries, time boundaries, like all of the boundaries, and allowing them to explore their creativity, Yeah, because it'll be in there somewhere. (laughs) All right. That was a big episode. I didn't actually expect it to be that long. I hope you got something out of it. Like I said, if you don't have kids, think about the inner child within you that needs some nurturing and how you would have wanted to be parented. Again, if you would like to book in for a reading, uh, my calendar is limited until the end of the year. I... Have I made an announcement on here? No, I told my subscribers earlier this week, but I'm writing my first astrology book and my deadline is the 1st of Feb. So I'm going into my writing cave, which means I'm only going to be doing three readings a week, which is quite a small amount of readings for me. So if you are interested in getting a reading done before the end of the year, I would be booking in soon because those spaces are going to fill up. Um... What do we have? We've got natal chart readings. We've got transits and progressions readings, which is if you want to have a look at the year ahead. We've got the birthday treat reading, where we look at your transits and progressions and your solar return chart. Then we have the love patterns reading, which can open your eyes up to uh, how you show up in love and some of the patterns you might be displaying. Uh, And then, of course, I introduced the astrology mentoring. I've done some mentoring sessions in the last couple of weeks. Um, The people this is most suited to are astrology students. However, if you have a business and you want to weave astrology in, uh, this mentoring would be great. But I have to reiterate, and I said this on Instagram, but this isn't a course or a class in astrology. You need to have the background knowledge. This is A helpful way to guide you if you want to be doing readings or to incorporate astrology into your business. And I can also help you with the business side of running an astrology business. Yeah, and what that looks like. So if you're interested in that, all the links for everything I've just mentioned are in the show notes of this episode. Next week, I'll be back. We're going to be talking about the Libra solar eclipse. That's right, eclipse season kicks off next week. Is that right? Well, uh, kind of, we're going to talk about it next week and then it's going to kick off after that. All right, my loves. Until then, I'm Jordana Levine, and you've been listening to Luna Lover, the podcast.